It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another Pick'em Pod here in Week 10 on the Blackout. We are coming to you from BellyUpSports.com. He is Alan Denton. I am Thomas Black. And Alan, as we move into a week where we have only five weeks remaining in our regular season Pick'em Contest, we have a lot of interesting stuff to look at. How in the world are you, sir? Hey, man. I, I am great. You know, I'm just, I'm hoping that Bruce pulls his best Texas impression and allows each of us to get back in on this thing as we head down the stretch. Bruce is the leader of our contest. Let's go ahead and take a look at the standings. He is at the top of the pack with 356 points. And get this, because of the tremendous week he is coming off of, he now holds a 10-point lead on second place. That is where Ted sits with 346 points, sitting 10 points back behind Bruce. And then we have Tim in third place with 341 points, 15 points off the lead. But these guys are in line for some cool prizes if they hold their positioning through our final five weeks. Sitting in second place, Ted leads the pack for a pair of Yeet sunglasses and a $50 Visa gift card. And Tim leads the pack for a $25 Visa gift card. So, Alan, we have some cool things available. And uh, that cushion at the front is really, really comfortable for Bruce right now. But you and me, along with the rest of our contestants, we're going to see if we can trim that thing down this week. Let's do this thing. All right, Alan, to update where we are on the standings, I am in a tie for fourth place. I have 340 points on the season. I am 16 points behind Bruce. I've gone 55 and 35 in my picks this year. And you, sir, are in a tie for 11th with 330 points on the season, 26 points off the lead, and you've gone 53 and 37 in your picks. So, man, we've talked about it in the Pick'em Rewind. We both moved up in the standings quite a bit this past week, but we're not in great positions as far as in relationship to our leader. But, Alan, you've got to be feeling pretty good as we head uh, deeper into the season, being that you're you're edging your way up back to the top 10. Yeah, I want to be in the top 10. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's what it comes down to. And then I want to be in the top five. So uh, hopefully, you know, we, we have a, a chance this week to, to edge a little bit closer. Definitely. All right. As we move into week 10, man, Alan, I think this is a fun pick em slate that we have. We've got some interesting things going on. Just a couple oh, yeah. to highlight. Hugh Freeze is making his return to Oxford, Mississippi. That's because Liberty is playing at Ole Miss. That's going to be a fun game to look at. And then we have a unique scenario out of the ACC where we have two ACC teams that are playing each other, 
but it's counting as a non-conference game. That's Wake Forest and North Carolina. Just let that kind of settle in your brains and understand that, yeah, we have two teams in the ACC that are playing each other, but it doesn't count in the ACC standings. Uh, like, what the heck, man? <laughs> 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 that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Hugh Freeze is going to go back and maybe buy some, some more burner phones, and, and we'll see how that goes. I found it, you know, challenging to find a, a ton of value this week in ways that I feel really confident, right? It, it feels like maybe you're looking in a free book bin at McKay's and you're you're looking for that nugget where you feel like, man, this is going to be a good one. Um, and so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this thing goes. But I'm 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 excited to watch it happen. It is going to be really fun to get into week 10 and see what goes down. Coming off of a week where I scored 41 points and Allen scored 35 points, I'm going to take the lead this time on the value picks. It's been a while since I've been in this this position, Allen, so the pressure is on as I bring out my value picks first. But uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I understand why you may not have as much value. I'm actually going to be moving a good bit of stuff around on my board. I just had a hard time narrowing down exactly what my value picks are going to be. But I will start off with one of those matchups I mentioned before. I'm going to look at Liberty going to Ole Miss, where Ole Miss is a nine and a half point favorite. In this one, Alan, I'm looking at the Liberty Flames coming into Oxford, and I know that Malik Willis has a lot of buzz. I know that he's a pretty good quarterback, and he's had that team in a position to win a lot of games the last two years. But I have some questions about Liberty. They've had some key games this year and had some close ones against some teams that I think aren't that good, and I think that their records say the same thing. Earlier this year, Liberty beat Troy on the road, but that's a Troy team that is 4-4. That game was 21-13, very, very close. They lost at Syracuse, a 5-4 team, 24-21. That game was kind of fluky, and I don't think Liberty really should have lost it. It was kind of a turnover late that allowed Syracuse to kick the field goal to win it. Otherwise, I think Liberty was the better team. But the fact that it was a close game against a not very good Syracuse team, I think is questionable. They also lost at UL Monroe, 31-28. That UL Monroe team is 4-4 on the season. And more recently, Liberty got into a a deal where they won a close game against North Texas on the road, 35-26. But you go back and look at that game. North Texas really outclassed them yardage-wise. It looked like a game that statistically North Texas probably should have won, but they are a 2-6 and six team on the season. So, Alan, this Liberty team is pretty good, but I have concerns about them going on the road against an Ole Miss team with Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral. Even though Corral is kind of banged up, we talked about that in the Pick'em Rewind, I think that this Ole Miss offense is going to put up points on just about anybody. Liberty's been good defensively this year, but I think that their schedule, I I don't think their schedule's been very difficult at all, and I don't think they've played many offenses that have much offensive prowess. So I'm looking at an Ole Miss team that I think is going to win this game. I think that uh, even Liberty offensively has been limited a couple of times this year, and going up against an Ole Miss defense that struggles at, at times, I think maybe the Rebels have a shot to be able to gain some separation in this game and limit Malik Willis and this Liberty offense. So I'm going to take Ole Miss, and I'm going to put some heavy points on them. Now, 
as a nine and a half point favorite, if you are dictating your confidence value according to the spread, you would put Ole Miss at a seven this week. But Alan, I just don't see a way that Ole Miss really loses this game outside of a bunch of turnovers and their defense playing really poorly. I think they're better than Liberty. I think it's very, very clear. I'm going to boost Ole Miss up on my value on my board. So I'm going to go from a seven in terms of confidence when looking at the spread to taking Ole Miss at a nine this week. All right. I agree that that Ole Miss is most likely going to beat Liberty. It, it kind of scares me that I, I think Ole Miss is is beat up a bit and they're thin. Um, their quarterback's playing through pain. Like again, I, I I don't think that they'll lose with Hugh Freeze coming back. He's a good coach. He he loves his Hollaback girls, but he ain't one, right? He he he's a good coach and he wants to win this game badly. Liberty averages 37 a game. Um, and the, what scares me is Ole Miss allows 28 a game. Um, Malik Willis is good enough to take advantage of what can be a lackluster defense. But I, I don't know that I'm going to kind of push them up the board. But I, I don't see them. I, I don't I don't suspect that I'm also either going to push them down the board either. Sure. I think that 6-7 range is is a pretty good range where I'm feeling comfortable, but I can definitely see why you would push them up that board. Just really that Hugh Freeze factor, a beat up corral, and um, and then they host A and M next week. Ole Miss hosts A and M, and so it's one of those things where how how interested are they in playing this game, and how dialed in are they defensively, especially. That's just the some of my hesitation in, in that game. Sure, I understand it. And I think there are going to be a lot of people that are on the same side as you. I, I, I As far as keeping this kind of in that 7, 7, 8 range, maybe a 6, uh, I just think that when you look at Ole Miss, sure, Matt Corral's been banged up, uh, but he has been playing through those injuries, and I think playing pretty well. You know, we saw him get banged up against Auburn, but I th- still think even when he came back, he was playing pretty well. I think the same thing in the Tennessee game when he was running the ball a ton. To me, that offers a little bit more substance to me because I thought maybe he was going to be banged up and really look like he was going to struggle against Auburn, but I thought he looked pretty good. And I think this he Ole Miss offense, I, man, I think they can score points even if he has to leave the game at some point. So I feel really good about this one. And I just think that in my mind, even though we've got some bigger favorites on the board, I really think that Liberty is going to have a hard time winning this game, considering the fact that there have been some teams that aren't great defensively that have slowed down their offense this year. I'm with you there. This is not as good of a Liberty team as we saw last year. Not as exciting. It's just interesting enough that it makes me hesitant to uh, push them up. But uh, I, I do like Ole Miss to win this game. Absolutely. Alan, where are you going for your top value pick this week? All right, man. I am going up to West Virginia, Mountain Mama. So this is an interesting game. West Virginia is hosting Oklahoma State. And here's the problem with that. They're basically the same dang team. <laughs> Each team averages 29 points per game and right at 400 yards of offense per game. Both of them have turnover-prone but potentially good quarterbacks. Both of them have good wins this year. Both of them have very good running backs. Oklahoma State is a a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. That puts them right as a a three on the board. With them being essentially the same team, we've seen a long streak 
of good Spencer Sanders. I think maybe that comes to an end here. Last week, it looked like West Virginia got some things going. And, and, and so I'm going to, I'm going to flop that and I'm going to pick West Virginia at home to win and putting them in that two to three range. Very interesting, Alan, man, I I honestly can't tell you which side I'm going to be on with this pick. I think it's going to be low on my board. Like you said, I think these teams are pretty similar and if we had picked this game two or three weeks ago, I'd definitely be going with Oklahoma State. But like you said, West Virginia has really picked things up here recently. I think they've mm-hmm. clicked a little bit offensively. I haven't watched a lot of it, so I haven't seen a lot of it myself. But I think they're playing some better football, especially compared to earlier this season. So I think this is going to be a very, very close competitive game. You mentioned Spencer Sanders and the possibility of some turnovers. If that happens, I think West Virginia probably wins this game. But you still have Jarrett Dagey, who could possibly do the same thing. Oh, yeah. To me, I think the edge that I'm probably going to lean on is I don't think this West Virginia defense has been quite as good as it was a year ago. I think they've been a little bit more susceptible. So against an Oklahoma State team that has, I think, a more consistent defense, I'm probably going to lean on the Cowboys in this matchup, but it is going to be low on my board as well. Yeah, I I can see this being like a – you know, a, a 65-35 type of game, 65% of the group picking Oklahoma State, a natural road favorite. I mean, there's a re, there's seven and one, right? But the, there's the when you look statistically, Adam, there's not a huge, huge difference. I mean, you look at three of the four losses that West Virginia has, and, and they're tight. They lose 23-20 to 20 against Texas Tech. They lose 16 to 13 against Oklahoma. They lose 30 to 24 against Maryland. I mean, those are all one possession games. And if one or two of these games go the other way, they're, you know, maybe six and two. And you look at this game totally differently. Um, So again, Jared Dagey could crap the bed and totally ruin everything for me and make me look like an idiot. I'm totally aware of that possibility. But um, so I'm I am going to flip it this week, and uh, I, I think regardless, you got to have this one low because Oklahoma State I don't think is capable of just going in there and just beating the pants off of them. Very understandable. I think you're right on that one. I think either side you're on has to be low in this matchup. Uh, I just think that's the smartest way to have this one on the board. Whoever you think is going to come out on top, uh, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be a big blowout either side. Alan, for my second value pick this week, now I gave you already an Ole Miss team up to a nine. So if I am raising the value of the Rebels, that means that I have to bring somebody down, okay? Now, this is going to kind of go back to what I said in a matchup earlier this year when I lowered my stock in Iowa going up against Purdue. Well, I'm sticking in the Big Ten in a similar matchup. This time, I'm looking at the Ohio State Buckeyes. And man, they are worth a lot of points in these pick'em contests because they win (laughs) so often. But this time, they're going on the road to Nebraska as a 14-and-a-half point favorite. No surprise there. Anybody with some logical sense is going to pick the Buckeyes. And Alan, I'm not going to do any different. But what I will tell you is this Ohio State team has uh, had some questionable performances this year where they've had some close games. Now, I think we got lulled to sleep a little bit with a four-game stretch in which the Buckeyes blew out its competition 59-7 over Akron, 52-13 over Rutgers, 66-17 over Maryland, and 54-7 over Indiana. 
But Alan, it was this past week against Penn State. We talked about it in our Pick'em Rewind, 33-24, to where Sean Clifford's been kind of banged up. Penn State all year has had absolutely no running game, and yet the Nittany Lions were in this game. They were competitive, and if it weren't for a scoop and score, Ohio State may have very well lost that game to Penn State. So as they go on the road to Nebraska, you're going to look at me and you're going to say, well, why in the world would you ever think that Nebraska can beat Ohio State? I don't think it's necessarily going to happen, but let me tell you what the Cornhuskers have done this year. They may be a three and six football team, but Alan, I can say the exact same thing that you just did about West Virginia. They have lost all their games close, man. You go back to the beginning of the season, losing by eight to Illinois, losing by seven at Oklahoma, losing by three in overtime at Michigan State. Let me remind you that Nebraska really dominated that game against that top five team that we just saw debuted in the college football playoff standings. Uh, They dominated that game and gave up a punt return late uh, that allowed Michigan State to tie that game to send it to overtime. Nebraska has played pretty well this year. There's even the game on their home field where they nearly beat Michigan, losing 32-29. to Man, Allen, despite the fact that Scott Frost's team is 3-6, and And despite the fact that they have seemingly shot themselves in the foot a bunch of times this year, I think this team has some offensive capability. I also think they're decent defensively. And to me, with how close they've been and a couple of these games that really, man, they were kind of in control and had opportunities to win, I think this team could easily be something like 6-3 and three at this point. So to me, I'm looking at Nebraska as more of a 6-3 and three team than a 3-6 and six team, even though that's really their record. I think that Adrian Martinez is, you know, volatile. We'll say that when he's not playing well, he's dangerous, uh, and, you know, to put stock in. But when he's playing well, I think this Ohio State defense is susceptible, man. We've seen them in close mm-hmm. games against mm-hmm. Minnesota, against Oregon in that loss earlier this year. Don't forget about the game against Tulsa, which was a really close game deep into the third quarter, even the fourth quarter before Ohio State pulled away. And then Penn State most recently, I think that Adrian Martinez kind of comps favorably to Anthony Brown of Oregon, who gave this Ohio State defense some problems. So if this game was happening before the Penn State game that we just saw, there is no way I would put any stock in Nebraska. But because Penn State showed up the way they did and were really competitive against the Buckeyes, I just think a trip to Nebraska is a little bit dicey with a Nebraska offense that puts up a ton of yards. Now, they haven't put up a ton of points in a lot of games because they've turned the ball over and they've made mistakes, but this offense is capable, and I think if they're on, this could be a really close game with Ohio State. So I'm going to lower the confidence in Ohio State as a 14.5-point favorite. If you're going according to the spread, you would have the Buckeyes at a 9, but Alan, I'm just going to drop them a couple of spots just in case things get really dicey in Nebraska. I'm going to take the Buckeyes this week at a six or a seven. I'm kind of debating about the territory on that one. I think in most scenarios, they still figure out a way to win this game. But if Nebraska comes out with a good game plan, which I think they typically have, and if their players are still playing hard, which I think they have pretty much all season, despite all the losses piling up, I think this game could be really interesting. And you could see Nebraska score with Ohio State back and forth and have a really tight game to the finish. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about, I mean, you mentioned this, that Nebraska um, went toe to toe and probably should have beaten Michigan. Um, And then they should have beaten Michigan state. Um, I mean, this Nebraska team is, is talented. Um, 
essentially, uh, Adrian Martinez is the the Garantano of the Midwest, right? Like when he's good, then man, you just you just love it. But he just makes some plays. You're just like, what in God's name is wrong with you, son? You know, <laughs> what are you doing? And it leads to a lot of close losses. Scott Frost has had an inordinate amount of one-score losses over his tenure at Nebraska that have been heartbreaking for Cornhusker fans. I agree that this this one feels like it could be much closer than that 14-and-a-half-point spread. I think Ohio State will still win this game, but I, I don't know that it's going to get up to, to that level unless it comes from, like, a really late touchdown on like a pick six or something like that, you know? Yeah, I understand. And, you know, if people disagree with me and they want to put the Buckeyes up high, I can't blame them. It's just this offense for Nebraska, I'm not going to ignore what it's done this year because they are capable of putting up points. And Ohio State's defense has not given a whole lot of confidence that they've improved much throughout this season you know it's been a big struggle and the fact that they haven't faced a lot of uh, dynamic quarterbacks that can make plays with their arm and their legs uh, like I said when they faced Anthony Brown it wasn't so pretty so I, I think that Nebraska can have a lot of success offensively in this game and you know 90% of the time Ohio State's probably winning this game and and there's probably a 10 20% chance Ohio State wins this game by 20 plus points you know and I look like a fool but I think Nebraska has played hard enough and Scott Frost has come up with enough game plans that man I think this game could be well within the two touchdown spread in favor of the Buckeyes yeah I'm I'm with you there I think that that's that's a possibility that that you got to grapple with when you're looking at this board this week. Yeah, I mean, it's really, honestly, it's risky either way because to not put a lot of stock in the Buckeyes runs the risk that they win this game by three touchdowns, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. and then you risk putting those points on somebody else. But if you have that gut feel that this can be a close game and you lower the level of confidence in Ohio State, you open yourself up to a really pretty spot if there's a massive upset where you're sitting in a whole lot better spot than a lot of other people. Yes. Agreed. That, I mean, that, and that's really what you're doing here, right? Like there's no way unless you're like 40 points behind that you're going to, you're going to pick Nebraska to win this game. But the ultimate goal is to set yourself up and, and maybe prevent what happened to me with that Iowa game when you're dropping a big, big number and on a loss that, Gosh, it, it just feels like it could have been prevented with uh, a little better structuring of the board. Absolutely. Alan, where are you going for your second value play this week? All right, man, let's go out to uh, let's go out to Jimmy Lake um, and and Washington. This is a really interesting game to me when it comes to Oregon traveling to Washington. Washington obviously has had a really lackluster year. four and four, only three and two in the conference. Their offense is, is struggling. I mean, they they are similar to a San Diego State or a, a similar to a Clemson or somebody like that. They just can't score a lot of points. And pretty much, if you score about twenty four points, you're gonna you're gonna end up beating them. Oddly enough, though, the odds makers only have Oregon as a seven point favorite. That puts them still decently high on the board but not overwhelmingly high. I think this game ends up being pretty darn close. It's a, it would be a six, which is right below that top tier range. 
I'm thinking pushing Oregon down for all the same reasons that you and I discussed for this Ohio State-Nebraska game. Washington's defense is really good. They're only allowing 18 points per game. And quite frankly, this is an Oregon team that has struggled in playing those types of games. They lost on the road at Stanford and, and in a game that, again, they shouldn't have lost. They barely skirted by Cal in a team that, that played good defense. I'm thinking that this game ends up being really tight. The only question I have, and the reason I'm not picking Washington, is I just don't know that they're going to have enough juice offensively. Um, but I do think that this is going to be a really, really tight game. So I'm going to move that game down probably to that three to four range and maybe get somebody that's going to sneaky push Oregon higher than they need to be. Yeah, this one's going to be really interesting to watch, man. I, I've had some mixed feelings on this matchup, but to be honest, I've, I'm thinking about possibly going the other way with this one, possibly moving it up a slot or two, simply because you mentioned the Stanford game, the Cal game that Oregon struggled in, but to me, they've played better football the last couple of weeks. I think when we look at what they've done in that road win against UCLA and a blowout win against Colorado recently, I think this Oregon team may really be starting to figure things out offensively. And you mentioned the Washington defense not giving up a lot of points, but I'll throw out the one area where they struggle is the run defense. And this Oregon team with Anthony Brown and Travis Dye, I know C.J. Verdell is out for the season, but with this running attack, Oregon's been pretty good this year. And I think that they're probably going to be able to score a reasonable number of points on Washington. I don't know that they're going to blow them out, but I, I think that Oregon can score some points here. And on the opposite side, you mentioned kind of that Stanford game. I think where Oregon has struggled this year has been against the pass. I don't think Washington can really beat this team that way. So I think that Oregon probably wins this game a bunch of times, and this is one of those games where I'm debating moving it up a little bit. Like I said, when I took Ohio State at either a 6 or a 7 this week, I'm debating about whether I push Oregon up over an Ohio State. Otherwise, I'm not loving this matchup, but I think it's going to fall in that range of either a 6 or a 7 probably for me, just toying with where I put it according to that Ohio State-Nebraska game. Yeah, I, I I get it. It's one of those things where you're going to have to push somebody up the board a little bit that maybe is on the road uh, in a difficult environment against a, a decent team. It's just a matter of can you select the right one at the right time and and capitalize and get a couple points off of it. No doubt about it. It is about finding those kind of margins to work in because when you're this deep in the season and uh, you start learning some more about teams, and like we've talked about even going back to this past week, in some matchups where you understand that some people are going to pick teams at high values because of their record or their ranking when the spread indicates something else and you know that some teams match up a little bit different sometimes you can find that value while still staying on the favorite and uh, taking a little bit of risk and pushing them down in value while some other people are going to have them very high it is it's a fun strategy to play with but man it is dangerous sometimes yeah yeah it definitely is all right as always you can follow alan and me on 
Twitter. You can find Alan at AD on the blackout. You can find myself at TB on the blackout. And of course, we'd love to invite you back next week when we dive into week 11 with another Pick'em Rewind, taking a look back here at week 10 and another Pick'em Pod where we try to find some valuable plays for you and earning some prizes as we go deeper into the season. Alan, it's been a blast. Thank you so much. Congratulations on your Atlanta Braves winning the World Series. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing back from you again next week, sir. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Let's all have a good weekend with some football in our lives. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.